like a cool breeze coming down from a frozen hill. You are listening to an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here he is, Darius, Teddy. From the chillin' podcast studios in the frozen hills near Storybrooke, I am Teddy the Yeti. I love spaghetti, but not confetti. And you are listening to the cool sounds of the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. So... Ladies, gentlemen, ice queens, evil queens, reindeers, troll rock thingies, and warm-hearted snowmen, Once Upon a Time Podcast.com and Roni's Own Media present the hosts of the coolest Once Upon a Time podcast ever. Put your hands and paws together for Jeff and Colleen Roney. Hello. Hello. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Once Upon a Time fan podcast. They brought bagels in the studio today. Yay for bagels. And the rain dog lady mm-hmm. is asleep on her little pillow. Well, she soon will be. She is. She's oh. tucked in for a nap anyway. Yep. So it is a bit chilly out today, of course. Really? Yes. It didn't seem that chilly to me. Frozen is coming. Well. Anyhow, we are going to be discussing the episode, A Tale of Two Sisters. This is the main show, so we'll be getting some insights from the listeners. Mm-hmm. And there's some really interesting thing coming, things coming. One is some Jesse Hutch information about Jesse played Peter. Right. And once upon a time mm-hmm. in season one. He, season one? I thought it was season two. Season one. Red-handed. Oh. So, wow, that was all the way back in season one? Yes, indeed. Wow. But we don't forget no, actors no, 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 in no. Once Upon a Time. And so he's going to fill us in some little behind-the-scenes info from when he was on Once Upon a Time and what he's doing now and in the future. Excellent. So that's very, very incredible. I'm still stuck on the fact that that was all the way back in season one, though. I can look it up. It's <coughs> I'm sure you're right. Wikipedia. I'm just saying. I can't believe it's been that long. Oh, it it has. It's had four seasons. Now we are. Seems like just yesterday inter- we were watching that episode. I know. Together with a group of oncers, I think that was at WonderCon, if I remember right. I think you're right. Yeah. All right. So anyhow, this is episode number two forty two. So the show notes can be found at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 242. Hey, Teddy the Yeti, still chilling with you. Let's see what's new in Storybrooke, Maine. It's time for Once Upon a Time News. We don't have much news, but I did at least want to touch, touch base and let the folks know about mm-hmm. the premiere in Hollywood that okay. we attended. We never really talked much about that. Oh, true. Because we, we were still doing Disney once again and that mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I, I, we loaded up the car <laughs> and went down to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And we stood in the fan area mm-hmm. and saw a couple of folks and the names escaped me. But they were cool folks, and now i got to look it up. 
Uh, but uh, let's see here. <laughs> this was a bad idea. I should have had this all planned out. Uh, Natalie was there mm-hmm. and saw her for the first time. She had just been up to up to Vancouver. Oh, nice. Uh, Steveston. Lucky, lucky. Natalie and she also went to Comic-Con, too. Yes. And we saw Aaron Stegeman dressed mm-hmm. as Emma. Yes. So that, that was, was exciting. Really nice. mm-hmm. And I was looking around for other folks that I saw. And I probably there. I'm sure. But it was a lumping together of a bunch of different fans in the, in the front of the El Capitan Theater mm-hmm. in Hollywood. And so we initially were standing out by the curb a little farther down from the gate gating area mm-hmm. and so then i went in closer it was kind of like a mosh pit for a concert really mm-hmm. and i'm glad i had long arms because just when the people started to arrive when jenny and josh arrived and on and on and on i had to lift my hand up and take photos you did not get that lucky. No, unfortunately, I didn't see a whole lot. I will tell you that I did see all the stars as they came in their limos. Yes. But the majority of the limos were so darkened that I couldn't see anybody at all. I tried to take some pictures and got some nice pictures of cars and the driver, and that's about all. Now, the one I did see that actually like rolled down his window and was, no lie, less than five feet from me, was um, Ian Bailey. Yeah. He rolled down the window and said hello to everybody. He's the only one who did that, and he was the last one to arrive. That was a great surprise to me because I had I had stopped after Lana had arrived. Right. I walked back to you, and I go, well, let's go. You know, everyone's here. And then, of of all people, Ian Bailey rolled by. Yeah. Nancy Johnson was there. Yes. Our good friend from um, the Diz Unplugged podcast. Mm-hmm. She got a good picture she hasn't posted yet, Nancy. Post a picture, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but yeah, I saw him roll down the window and wave, and I just went, "Wow, there you go." Yeah, that's 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 a good day right there. Yeah. But uh, Jenny and Josh were there. Robert was there. Mm-hmm. Bailey Madison was there. Yes. Emily DeRaven was there. There was talk. I Sarah Bolger was there. Sarah Bolger was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw. And. Let's see, Elizabeth, Robert, right? Elizabeth Lale and Georgina Haig, yes. as well as Scott Michael Foster. And also, uh, Hans was there. Yes, I can't remember his name. A funny, a funny story about Hans was he was behind us trying to go along the sidewalk to the red carpet. And he... It was so funny because I didn't know who he was. Right. And so he goes, I need to, I need to go through. And I go, I, I don't know how you can do that unless you can fly or something like that. <laughs> and then he went around and he was passed through the security. Yeah. And he went on the red carpet. So basically, I was like three feet from yeah. Hans. Because yeah, I are. don't believe, because I don't believe it was Kristoff. No, it was definitely not Kristoff. Yeah. It was Hans. So. But anyhow, that was really, it was fun. The excitement, Colin was there, and uh, yes. J-Mo was there. Yeah. Sean McGuire was there. Robbie mm-hmm. Kay was right. there. The, and I got, I got some pretty good pictures. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I wish I had a zoom lens, but that's a whole nother discussion. Yeah. But there are some great pictures of Sean and Robbie mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of thing. It was just, it was a neat, neat time. And it was so hard to get a good picture because it, it was really like was. hope and pray and then raise my arm up and take a shot, hold it really still. Mm-hmm. Some of them came out pretty well, but. Yeah. Now, oh, um, Jesse Schramm was there. Yes, Jesse was there, actually. I had to help some of the fans remember who she was. Oh, goodness. They were like, who's that? And I said, Cinderella, Jesse Schramm. And they all go like, oh, all right. <laughs> I'd help them. Oh, yeah. And then after we figured they were all there and it was done, we went across the street because we had to go back to where our car was parked. And then we realized that they were all standing right there, still JMO, Lana, uh, Josh and Ginny and Georgina and Elizabeth. Oh, J- um, Jared was there. Jared too. was there too, of yeah. course. They were all standing, and Raphael. Mm-hmm. And they were all standing right there. Oh, and um, Rebecca, Rebecca Mater. Right, yeah. They were all there, standing there being interviewed on the red carpet. Mm-hmm. And we, oh, and uh, who was standing over there? Oh, Sean was standing over there at the, mm-hmm. sa- at the side as well as uh, Colin. But anyway, they were they were all right there, and so I took my iPad out and I zoomed in, and unfortunately got some kind of blurry pictures. But they were the there. Zoom, yeah, the well, digital zoom's not the best. It's not, unfortunately. And the sad fact is that I still had traffic traffic to contend with because right. they allowed traffic to keep going by, which that's you know. So I had a just I just kept clicking, snap, 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 trying to get as many as I could, and I had a number that I had to delete because they were yeah. blocked shots with traffic, you know, cars and things, and not very good pictures. So, but it was really a fun event. I mean, it was fun to go up there and you know, be across the street and be next to where they were coming through. And I mean, at one point in time. Nancy's girls were mm-hmm. down by the they were on the curb itself like literally on the edge of the curb and we were afraid they were going to get run over mm-hmm. by the limos it was really it was really quite um snug in there if you were there and you remember the fish guy mm. he, yeah. he had some he he had some situations in his life I think that we were not having at the time and he had a big <laughs> fish and he was singing classic rock hits yes and loudly uh, yes, very loud. And so it's yeah. Hollywood people. It That's is what you Hollywood. get. We also got uh, a Johnny Depp look-alike. Yes. At first, I honestly, for about thirty seconds, had to like do a double take because I swear he looked so much like him. But then I realized that he was definitely not him. And then there was another one that was a Zach Galifianakis look-alike from mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the Hangover movies. It was pretty funny. The two of them kind of hung out, and they're they they're up in Hollywood, and they take you know pictures yeah. with people and. We saw a Batman and a couple Marilyn Monroe's and a Spider Man. <laughs> and Spider Man came and jumped up on a mm-hmm. on a newspaper dispenser and got hollered at by the police. LAPD was right there. We yeah. got to got to see them. That was pretty fun. So here here's the little tip for you: if you do live in the LA area or you're visiting or what, and you do find out one of these, first of all, this premiere is kind of a rare thing, right? For once upon a time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. The only reason I found out about it, because it wasn't on the El Capitan Theater yeah. website, Mm-mm. is that Adam tweeted it out. And right. I think once ABC did Might as well. And so here's a tip. Get there early. Uh-huh. Earlier than you would think to get there. Because when you get there early and 
you don't need to take bathroom breaks a lot and you don't need to take food breaks a lot. You can wait against the, the gate right. and have abilities to take selfies and have them sign things, whatever, because you're right there. Right. Plus, at the end, they were handing out VIP passes, mm-hmm. of which I asked for initially when we first got there. I go, yeah. do you have any? Because supposedly the norm is there's these lists of these passes that you can get in if you ask. And so I, I figured I'd ask. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no. We're all no. It's an invitation it's only and all that. Yeah. Oh, okay. But then at the end, they gave out like 15. They were just yeah. handing them out to the people that were in the front. Right of the line so that's the thing get there early you know hang out but hang out later till everybody shows up and then they'll come out and give you maybe a vip pass to go and view the episode and get more opportunities to take uh, photos if you're nice and respectful Mm -hmm. so that was fun and that was our sunday before our uh yeah yeah the week before the actual premiere on television. Exactly. So I wanted to discuss that a bit and also just again mention that the Dave and Buster's Orange event of the Once Upon a Time premiere party was a huge success. Yes, it was. And we are in discussions with Maria about a finale party. So it's in Orange, California. So obviously you have to be in SoCal or something local or local at least in the area in the vicinity but we she had pictures it was so nice because it was families and really diverse and all kinds of different people and they had cosplayers and this and that so we're really looking forward to having a lot of fun and uh, i think maria did a great job she did an awesome job and we we are hoping and gonna do everything we can to plan to be there for the next one Yep. yep we had no control over this last one true all right So I think that's all of the news. I can't think of anything else. Nope. So we will move ahead. Jeff and Colleen ain't no strangers to telling you what they think. It's about that time for Views from the Studio on the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. Thank you, Teddy. Yeah. Teddy the Talking Yeti. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's fun. All right. Uh, Anyhow, so there... I want to talk about a few things, but the first thing I want, we just rewatched The Tale of Two Sisters, and you yeah. mentioned that there was a stand-in oh, absolutely. For, Lana. for Lana in the scene when they were in her vault, and she Regina was, was talking to Sydney. Yes. There were definite instances where you can tell it was the stand-in. Right. I'm not sure why, but they I don't think somebody checked the continuity because the stand-in was wearing a wig that was much shorter, like three or four inches shorter than Lana's hair and not styled the same way. It was more like Lana first season. And it's it, even that, it was really not even that close to her, her actual hair. But I'm pretty – we watched it a couple of times. We re-wound it. Rewound it. Sorry. And um, we watched that again, and it was very clear that it was her stand-in. Yep. So, I mean, she was definitely there with Giancarlo Esposito having the scene, but I guess there must have been some points where she needed to step away, and they needed to film it anyway. And so, anyway. Yeah, because normally they film things from the the inside angle. 
right? Mm-hmm. And and so you can kind of see the faces, and they they cut back and forth and all that. But yeah, they had a couple of over the shoulder shots, right. with Lana, and it was her standing. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of funny actually. And we don't like to kind of pick things apart, but no. anyway, it was just kind and of a fun just, thing that we just It was saw. one of those things that you probably, unless you're really paying attention to that, you don't notice that sort of thing. Right. But it just kind of struck me. I'm like, wait a second, her hair is totally different. It was, yeah. it was pretty funny. Another thing I wanted to talk about is there were some gargoyles on the wall in the attic room. There was a number of things that kind of stood out to me. There was what I thought was a pram, but it was not. It was no, I believe a it's a tea tray. Tea tray. A rolling tea tray. With a ship on top. Which I believe actually the tea tray is in the Frozen movie. Oh, yeah. I'm not mistaken. I'm sure there's a rolling tea tray. When they're tray. setting up for the, sure. for the, the coronation. coronation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also there's a rocking horse. And Actually, looks- I think Anna was... On the tea tray at some point in time. Yeah, yeah. If I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway. But then there was also, it looked like some a headboard of a bed that was right. red and yellow. Probably the king and queen's headboard. Yeah. So looked anyhow. Like size bed. It's just normally, see in, in the first season and some of the second Gold shop, you know, you could see all this kind of cool stuff that inter- mm-hmm. intersected with other parts of the uh, show. That, you, for instance, the beer steins for Team Seven was mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. and then you saw them later on in the in the show. So then you go back and look at all the things. There's not too much of that anymore. Everything's kind of front and center. You know exactly what you're supposed to look at. But right. anyway, uh, that was kind of fun. And we'll we'll leave. We have a number of great emails that will kind of spur on more conversations about that. But, sure. Well, and you pointed out the wardrobe could yes. be another clue. I believe so. I think I think Narnia's somewhere, but we're going to see that. Maybe. So we do have a theory on that. Which are we talking theories right now? Or are we going to wait? Well, let's let's hold on. We'll, okay. Yeah. Like I said, there's a lot of great. Coming up later in this episode. Coming up. There will be theories. Yes, indeed. Oh, oh we, we have a report of traffic problems. We do. In Storybrooke. So we oh. need to go directly to this. This is breaking news. This traffic report is brought to you by Dark Star Pharmacy. With the cold weather approaching, stop in for your flu shot today. Good morning, Storybrooke. This is Sky Captain Big Hoss with your 815 KFRZ traffic report. Out on the roads this morning, inbound traffic is being detoured away from Moncton Road until they can get a salt truck down there. You heard me right. You got some kind of weird ice trail on the road that goes on for miles. Main Dot is out there now trying to figure out the source of this icy mess. And speaking of icy messes, there's a disabled vehicle causing all kinds of havoc on Railway Avenue all the way to Williams Road. Your guess is as good as mine how this happened, because I ain't never seen anything like this before. This is uglier than a bucket full of armpits. This truck is completely iced over. Looked like a fire hydrant exploded and froze on impact. I don't know if we're dealing with foul play or just Mother Nature kicking back and having some fun. And you'll love this one. This bonehead is out there with a pickaxe trying to break it free. When life gives you lemons, make Kool-Aid, I guess. <laughs> now I've seen everything. So if you've got any business in this area, you may want to grab yourself a coffee and bagels, kids. 
because it's going to be a while until things are cleared up here. Hold on. We got some breaking traffic update here, folks. This ain't good. Well, butter my butt and call me a biscuit. We're getting multiple reports about a giant evil snowman on the loose in downtown Storybrooke. You got power lines down and people going nuts. It may be a good idea to just pull them covers back over your head and catch up on those Netflix shows, you know what I mean? What is happening? Just another lovely day in Storybrooke. This has been your 815 KFRZ traffic update. When traffic strikes, Big Hall strikes back. Catch on the flip side, Big Hall south. You're listening to KFRZ Radio, home of the frozen hills. Well, thanks, Big Hoss, for that. Wow. I'm glad we're in the studio. Me too. I I wouldn't want to be out. Evil snowmen running around. Well, let's hope he doesn't attack the tower. No, let's let's hope. So we'll we'll just stay here and stay on the air. All that's right. that's the important thing here. So thank you for that. And I'm glad we have traffic coverage. Yeah. Well, for sure. Hey everybody, thanks for dropping us a line at feedback at onceuponatimepodcast.com. Let's take a look at what you all had to say. Hey, wait a minute. Where's the mailbag? I've got the mailbag right here, and we've got some fantastic emails. Hmm. And the first one is uh, from Alina, and she had a theory about the hat. And she thought since Henry was had the heart of the truest believer that maybe it was Henry's hat. Oh. So there's a number of theories out there, and that is Alina's theory. And also she mentioned that if ha- what if Hans found the letter? Who? Hans. You mean Hans? That. There's no TZ in his name, sweetheart. It's Hans. Hans. Yes. Like pawns. <laughs> well, at least I didn't say Sokka. <sighs> That's right. <laughs> we have Michael Sokka coming up somewhere. Right. We do. All right. So anyhow, sorry, Lena. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> All right. So what if Hans found the letter that uh, the queen wrote uh, it, and what if it's about the snow queen mm. so and we were talking right and this may come up later is that since the whole sister theme is there that what if Anna and Elsa's mother's sister mm-hmm. is the snow queen the original snow queen yes and what if Elsa is actually her daughter, and they adopted her because the Snow Queen mm-hmm. was right. maybe exiled, banished. And and I would also And include, that's the big secret? Yeah. Is that, because if you think about it, the Queen, Anna and Elsa's mother, looked just like Anna did. Right, right. Similar dress, similar red hair. It fits that she would have the red-headed daughter. Mm-hmm. But Elsa, being very blonde, would fit very nicely as being her actual, you know, niece. Right. If the Snow Queen was her sister. And that would be a nice little mirroring of the two of them. True. And and I would say Snow Queen slash White Witch of Narnia. Yeah, maybe. My 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 crazy pet theory. So thank you, Lena, for that email. This is from Dan from Boston. He said, Welcome back, Jeff and Colleen. Good to hear you at it once again. <laughs> That's great. I love that. I love the opening episode, and I had a few thoughts to share with you. Funny, Jeff, 
that you thought Grumpy was Han Solo from the line of dialogue, I thought of him for a different reason. Both characters were at some point frozen. Uh, Ice and carbonite. True. That is true. Number two. Yeah, you're right. Pip with a limp was dropping the needle instead of spinning the straw into gold. Now he's spinning (laughs) gold records. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. Well, you know, Rumpelstiltskin does have a show on this station. He does. One day we might have to play some of it. Rumpel Spinner, whatever, whatever his name is, because you know Spinderella, Mr. Gold Spinner, Mr. Gold Spinner. Wow, (laughs) that just went see in a really different direction really quickly. Let's take it back. By the way, Colleen, my kids thought of Mary Poppins as well with the stamping of the fingers. See, see, had a question about the theme of that scene. Was that the first time on the show that a music theme was directly lifted from an animated movie? I don't remember hearing You Can Fly when Henry and Pan flew or When You Wish Upon a Star before Blue descends to grant a wish. Actually, there was one. Was there? Yes, there was. In the pilot, when Archie was walking away, Uh he was whistling... Give a little whistle. He was. That was the a direct. There are theme. actually two others. And the Star Wars uh, Imperial theme no, phone. That's thing. not from okay. an animated feature. Okay. So animated feature. The other two instances were snow related. One was when Snow was evil Snow, that's and right. she was mad. She was ran. singing the. She was. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right. She was singing the song. The I can't remember the name of it, but it's from yes, Snow, snow White. White. Mm-hmm. And the dwarves, hi-ho. They sang hi-ho, they whistled it, but they they hemmed it. So that's at least the ones I can think of that we've pulled from the animated features. There may be others, but uh, for sure those are the ones I can think of. Very great question, Dan, for sure. I mean, there's a possibility for Ariel we have a little bit of something, but I didn't recognize it. I, I didn't. No. And speaking of music... When Rumple pulls... Well, we'll, we'll, oh. I, I got things set up for that. Okay. We'll, All right. we'll cross that bridge soon. Okay. Unless there's water under it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the number three. Also from the Rumbell scene, Mr. Gold was as smooth as a certain Star Wars character. Well, what have we here? I'm Lando Calrissian, administrator of this facility. And who might you be? Even had on his blue to match Lando's cape. That's true. <laughs> All he needed was a little splash of Colt 45 because Billy D. Williams did those commercials yeah. back in the day. Mm-hmm. Works every time. Certainly a far cry from Silicious Crumb from last season, HF. Eh, That's true. Yeah. Number four. Finally, the wizard's hat is definitely from Sorcerer's Apprentice. Between the gold pale. It came from mm-hmm. to the stars and galaxies inside, right down to the background music that was playing. Dump da dump da dump da 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 dump. So I've set up both. So let's play a bit of it. And I have to give credit to Tyler. He's the one that tweeted. Mm-hmm. He was gonna uh, send in a voicemail, and time got away. And that's that's okay. But anyway, I give Tyler credit initially for letting me know, but also. Dan as well. So let's play a bit of the classic version of this piece of music. 
So that was what we're normally used to that right. was used in Fantasia. And by the way, the name of that piece, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Indeed it is. And here is the, you called it the reimagining of it. Right. From uh, the Once Upon a Time episode. So that that's it was almost a, a minor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the same music, but in a minor key. Indeed, but I don't think it was exact. It was very similar pattern, very similar tonal um, imaginings. But I believe that was a minor version of it. I will continue with Dan's email, and it says the only Star Wars question I have is this: Is Gold the master or the? Princess of the hat. Funny thought, gold as Mickey Mouse. <laughs> so let's yeah. let's talk about this. In the Fantasia movie, Mickey is the apprentice watching mm-hmm. Yensid mm-hmm. with the magical hat on doing these magical things. Right. And then Yensid gets tired, takes the hat off, puts it down, goes to bed up the stairs. And then Mickey goes and puts the hat on, making him magical. And so he starts to perform these magical things, bringing the brooms to life and and all that. And what he was doing before was emptying water into this thing. And so he was doing these magical commands to get these inanimate objects to do his job for him. Right. And so my thought is that, first of all, we're so used to Rumpelstiltskin being the most powerful, whatever, you know, and, and you could add, add rural, rural Gorham to the list. Mm-hmm. You could add Regina to the list of the most powerful, you know, magical Zelina. beings. Zelina. But for the first time, I think we've seen somebody more powerful than Rumpelstiltskin. Possibly. The yeah. person that has this hat. Right. And to tie that in with kind of what's going on in the episode is the person who wrote the book. I don't think there's a connection. I I think everyone would like to kind of tie it up in a neat little bow. But I think the owner of the hat is not the person that wrote the book. Maybe. that's I I may be alone in that, but that's what I think. I think it's all too nice and tidy to do it that way. So... Correct. I mean, that's a possibility. I still think it is, though, a viable option, only because I don't think anybody we know has written this book. I think it's going to be a right. new character that we have not encountered yet. Or, I, yes, or when they, when Regina and Sydney get to the point where they discover, almost discover who the writer is, it... it they won't be there. Something will happen and it'll still be a mystery, I think. Possibly. So, But yeah. I, 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 we could potentially see. I know a lot of people honestly believe that August wrote the book or that Henry wrote the book. And I'm going to say, based on what we believe we understand now, I would have to say no. I, I'm going to discount Henry because Henry would want Regina to be happy. 
Right. Right. So I would I would have to discount Henry. I don't believe August wrote it because August wasn't there from way, way back. August is a temporal person. Yeah, he so added he, parts, but not the he, entire book. He might, and we are assuming he added parts. We oh, don't he, know. He did. He added the Pinocchio story. Okay. So, but either way, we know that whoever wrote the book, or however the book is written, that entity, that being, that person, whoever it is, is still out there. And I think we will eventually see who it is. Yeah. Okay. And I think it'll probably surprise all of us when we figure it out. I would think so, unless we're spoiled. <sighs> hate that. Yeah, let's hope no more spoiling. Hope not. All right. So, but anyway, I wanted to talk about that, and I think the hat is more powerful than the dagger. So I think we've kind of moved beyond the dagger. He's going to leave it with Bell, and and that's it. But the problem is, is the hat's more powerful. So then he's going to have to struggle with the hat, and then once he starts using the hat. He is going to be basically controlled, probably like Zelina the situation was, by the person who owns the hat. Maybe. And it could be the same situation where you take the hat, you put it on, you now become the owner of the hat. Okay. You uh, take on the powers. That, that would that would fall into the dagger situation. Right. And so as as it happens, as they go on and on, he's probably going to use the hat for certain things. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. And and so that's going to be interesting to find out what happens with the hat. Yeah. And it also could be like Jefferson's hat. Mm-hmm. Because there's the galaxy and all that. Maybe you could go all over. Yeah, that's a to possibility To different places, as well. different times. Mm-hmm. Sure. All right, uh, and uh, Dan ends. That's all for now. Can't wait to go through this new season with you too. If the first half of the Frozen, th- if the first half of it is Frozen themed, does this mean we'll have a Christmas holiday special? <sighs> Man, not unlike the, the Star Wars theme holiday special. Oof, no more. Uh, we'll see. Uh, peace to you, Jeff and Colleen. Dan from Boston. Thanks, Dan, Thanks, so Dan. much for that. And this email, the next email is from Brad. And even though it felt like you never left because of the continuation of Disney once again, it's still great to have the return of Once Upon a Time fan podcast. This first episode was excellent. And with the new season begins, things I've learned in a tale of two sisters. Number one, Storybrooke Beautification Society is a group that gets stuck cleaning up all the messes. Can you can you imagine all the yeah. phone calls they get? Yeah, probably. Power lines down. Crazy stuff. Wraiths leaving trails of broken concrete and and asphalt everywhere. Yeah. Tiny's out. He's really tall. He was out (laughs) doing a little drinking, having trouble. Number two, David's amnesia seems to resurface only when Regina's character is in question. Yeah. Number three. No beer is worth having sleepy as your designated driver. That's true. That is very true. You have to think twice, three, four times. Like, wait a minute. He's sleepy. Kind of like Rip Van Winkle driving a bus. You kind of don't want to do that. And I guess my question would have been, where were the other dwarves? Maybe still at the party. Maybe. Karaoke. Come on, Happy. Yeah. Bashful Doc. Come on, karaoke. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Number four. When you have a sister, you're never alone. 
That's true. Or mm-hmm. when the sky's awake or... I know. I have a sister and she yeah. was the bane of my existence for a number of years when I was a child. Always around. But I love my sister now. She's awesome. I thought it was interesting, though, that the moment that... I mean, because there was a scene where Elsa said, just, I need some time alone when she was dealing with the whole reading of the diary. Mm-hmm. Which I think the whole story of that's not been told. She read a certain portion. Maybe it was the end. We don't know that for sure. It looked like it was the middle of the diary that she opened up. She didn't even start at the beginning. Right. She just opened up to a page and read something that just set her off. I think she misunderstood because I don't think she read the rest of the story. I'm pretty sure. And it could have been resolved. Yeah. And so anyhow, but she said, I just need some time alone. And... You know, Anna said, look, I'm your sister. You're never alone, even when I'm not here. I'm here in spirit. So, you know, we're, you know, we're never going to be apart. And when Anna was gone away from Elsa, she went to go look for her, right. which I thought was mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Yep. Number five, Sydney cannot escape being held captive no matter what realm he's in. Genie to mirror to prison to mirror. He can't, he can't get a break. No, no, he can't. It's because he met Regina and Regina found him useful yeah number six rumple may have taught the fawns a few moves <laughs> wow. yeah i looked all over for that sound effect so <laughs> i had to use it so you know maybe uh, maybe the fawns did work on him a little bit and help him out no number, he didn't help him out he learned from he learned yeah rumple. number seven streaming movies is now available in storybrook Amazing. But Netflix is available in Storybrooke. Hopefully it's a little faster than Hulu. Ooh. But here's the thing. Oh, oh yeah, that was, a little, <laughs> that was a little dig there. you got to play no, the two ads. In Netflix, it has to be streaming because, you know, they can't deliver to Storybrooke. Yeah, that's true. Number eight, never make an enemy with a man who has 12 angry brothers. I started thinking about 12, and I, I said, how many... People are on a jury. Hmm. Twelve. I mean, twelve. That's kind of a, mm-hmm. you know, hmm. just saying. Twelve angry men. Twelve angry men. Twelve angry brothers. Mm-hmm. Twelve monkeys. Not yeah. Movie. Oh. All right. Number nine. The laughing gargoyle has been vandalized. Yes. We have a picture of the newspaper article about that, so you that's can funny. check it out at the. Once upon a time, podcast.com slash two four two. So be sure to check it out. Or once is frozen.com? No, but it's different. Oh, all right. Different. Uh, all right. So please check out our blog. We love the people that listen on iTunes and, and we enjoy the podcast listeners, but there's a lot of really cool blog posts. Mm-hmm. And so go check it out. Yes, you can check out do. the blog post at once is frozen.com. Please do. Please do. Number 10, the town needs a radio station. Hmm. I think we will help out. We will. Because our station is on long after when it's dark. Yeah. That's true. So Brad's observations. Regina, I had sympathy for Regina in this episode and wasn't disappointed like I have been in the past. I understand that Robin was doing the honorable thing and that she was desperate to get her true love back. This is, the, this is the real trial, and although she speaks of going back in time and killing Marion, 
seeing herself through the mirror, sentencing an innocent woman to death while being called a monster seemed to have an effect on her. I I agree, actually. And I think... I still think Sydney's behind that kind of... He's manipulating her, I think, in a way. Anyway, I'll continue. She told Emma, that's the person I was, not who I am. We all get to a point where we say things in the heat of the moment, but then change our minds once we reflect it on it. Regina's really interesting to watch in this episode. She's like a switch. She'll get angry and... ah, And then... When she sees what she's doing or she realizes where she's at, she'll change her mind. And, you know, even Emma, I mean, that was kind of a smart out little comment. She go, well, I saved her from you. Yeah. You were going to kill her. So how, how can you how can you say that that's fair? That's a, you know, a fair justice be killed by you. And then that's when Regina kind of recoiled and said, well, that's who I was, you know. Right. And she was angry, not angry, angry, not angry. So it's it's interesting to watch Regina in this whole, even the discussion with with uh, Robin. It was kind of interesting to hear kind of back and forth. And then the final thing is when she saved Marion's life and said, welcome to Storybrooke. She welcomed her. But there was still this. She's still talking to Sydney about we got to kill her. I can't kill her, but we got to get rid of her. I got to go back in time. There's all these things that Regina was doing throughout the episode. But she ended up that she's not going to kill her. She's right. just going to rewrite fate. Right. Yeah. That's not her. That's not necessarily her killing her. Right. Yeah. It's a way for her to get her happy ending, but it's gonna it's gonna remove Marion from the picture, which means either Regina's going to try and go back in time and and get the courage to go into the you know, tavern to meet Robin and maybe he won't be with Marion at that point in time. That's a good point. I never thought about that, but she could find Tink again mm-hmm. and say, look, you know, we, we've got to have some pixie dust somewhere. Let me go back in time. Let me fix this. Cause maybe, maybe that's the thing. You know, and maybe she doesn't have to find the writer at all. Although I think that's an interesting that's, thing. Right. I want to. I want to find out who the writer is, but I think maybe in the end, Tinkerbell will say, "Look, we can fix this. We don't have to do all this. What you're planning on doing with the mirror and everything else? Just go back and make a different choice." I mean, that's what Adam and Eddie have been saying for a long time. It's all about choices. Right. I mean, a hero is a hero because of choices. A villain is a villain because of choices. That's really right. all life is. Right. So. Right. Yeah. And maybe what Regina will end up doing, because it seems like, you know, Regina is very determined. We know she's very mm-hmm. tenacious. Yep. She does not let up. But she wants her happy ending and she doesn't want to kill anybody. So maybe what she needs to do is she's going to convince the writer of the book that she's not a bad person anymore and she's not a villain and she should have her happy ending. I know how she can find the, the writer of the book. Just get on Twitter, Adam and Eddie. That's yeah. it. That's they're yeah. the writer of the yeah. book. Yeah. All right. All right. Anna Brad continues. Anna is this. Anna has the same sentiment. Every once or has after a new secret is revealed. We have one answer and more questions. That's a start. <laughs> That's true. That's I true. really, 
I said it before, I'll say it again. Sounds like a broken record, but I really do love the casting choices they made. Even Kristoff, he's a lot of fun. Yeah. Just a whole, she needed to get frosting. And and Elsa at the beginning was very regal, queenish. But the more like she was talking to Kristoff, that was, she took on more Anna than Elsa. It's kind of frosting, come on. There's no you know, frosting. Or she exactly. said exactly. That's why she has to go get. You're some. here. You're here. Boss people around. I don't. I'm not a, a bossy person. I'm the queen. You know. I mean, it's just. It was funny to hear her be more fun. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. But yeah, Anna was. I think just fantastic. You know, just the whole talking to herself and everything. I'm still waiting for her to say, "Wait, what?" Yeah. Because that's Anna's. Well, and I do right. love here in California. One of the commercials did have Kristen Bell in it so it was kind of funny oh yeah when see they the played the voice episode the, yeah. yeah yeah it was pretty funny all right uh Yin Sin Yin Sid uh Yin Sid's hat is drawn with a design of the moon and stars in Disney films mm-hmm. the hat that Rumpel found had real stars in a solar system in it the hat also was stored in a bucket that looked like the brooms were carrying in Fantasia and if you look at the top, I have a picture in the show notes, and it looks like water. It on looks the top like of actually the... a single drop has mm-hmm. fallen into the bucket, and it has rippled, mm-hmm. which actually, if you think about it, one solitary drop can have a ripple effect. One yep. solitary decision, one solitary choice, one solitary act can have a ripple effect. True. I will continue with... Brad's email. If it turns out to be Merlin instead, I feel this would be a missed, real missed opportunity to use a character none of us were expecting ever to see. So it would be a nice. It would be a, another redirect like they did with mm-hmm. the Doctor. Well, because they were pointing us yeah, towards yeah. Wizard of Oz, right? And then sprung Frankenstein on us. Yeah. So I'm really hoping that they are smart enough to know that that's probably not a good idea to tease Yensid and then pull Merlin out of the hat. Now, I, I think no with the music intended. and everything else, I, I my money's on Yensid. But well, mine is too. But yeah. again, anyway, you never know. The book, the book having power and being immutable makes perfect sense. It explains how nothing was changed in present day except for the book's edition in the finale. Somehow everything went back exactly the way it was even after Hook and Emma made so many changes. It bothered me at first, but this explanation reveals that the book was guiding the events to follow one path. And... You know, it's it is interesting that in today's society people say, "Well, I'm in control of my destiny." But it is interesting to look at a book and say, "Maybe the book is in, you know, controlling something." Hmm. So, all right, theories. Elsa, I had the same thought as you, Jeff, while watching the episode. I also believe that Elsa may have been adopted and that her powers came from a woman with similar abilities, maybe a queen, perhaps. Their parents said Anna and Elsa must know the truth. It is the only thing that will save them. This indicates that both Elsa and Anna are in some type of danger. Whatever their parents went to Misthaven for, it appears they found information that puts their children at risk. 
If this other ice queen is somehow related to Elsa, she may come back to reclaim her. Another thought is, what if this queen gains power by draining ones who possess her similar ability? Just like when Rumpelstiltskin did to the seer. Who knows? Maybe Rumpel wanted her power, and that's why she was in the urn. So many possibilities. True. Mm-hmm. Well, she was in the urn in the room where he keeps things that are too unpredictable, too unpredictable and dangerous. Unpredictable and dangerous, mm-hmm. and things he doesn't understand. Yeah. So, hmm. Absolutely. So, the author of the book, my theory and hope is that the sorcerer master Yin Sid wrote the book. Only a powerful sorcerer could make a book that doesn't change even when the timeline has been altered. It makes sense that the person who wrote the book would be someone that was modeled after such an influential storyteller as Walt Disney. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't even have half of the beloved characters that we do today. Sure, the stories were around already, but Walt brought them to life and filled our hearts with precious memories. Merlin has been done before, so please give us something fresh and new. <coughs> so, burning questions. Yes. Could Rumple be playing the part of the apprentice? And if so, will he need Yensid to clean up his mess? Yes. Yes. Just like Fantasia. I yeah. think, I think very real, that's very real exactly. Popular, and I like, the, I like yeah. the option. And I think Yensid will need to save him. Just like Emma is going to basically save Regina's happy ending. I think it's a very similar thing. Possibly, yeah. And same thing with Elsa saving Anna. So -hmm. I think we're seeing certain things set up and certain things paralleling. Sure. How did Marion really die and will fate try and reclaim her life? If it wasn't for Regina, Marshmallow would have crushed her. That's true. And I think... As far as fate, that had something to do with it, but it was more Regina doing the right thing. So that's right. what I think. Exactly. No, I agree. I agree. And because, it, I mean, I, I don't want to get too far off, but it's kind of like somebody being on a plane and surviving a crash and other people did not. Why did they survive? It wasn't their time to go. Mm. Yeah. So... You know, I, I think that situation was more for Regina than it was for Marion. But I think we are going to cross that bridge when it is going to be called into question, should Marion have survived? And I think Emma's going to fix that somehow. And and just like Regina's trying to get rid of Marion without killing her, mm-hmm. I think Emma's going to have to fix the situation with Marion without killing her. And I think... Maybe Regina and Emma will find it together. Maybe. Or Marion will sacrifice herself. There's a, but it that's it, going to be interesting to watch. And it will be. You, you brought up the point that Regina may come to grips with the situation with Robin and Marion and be okay with it and walk away. And then maybe after that, that's Maybe. a possibility. I do love, love, love the fact, and I still still believe this is the case, is Robin and Regina belong together. They're true love. I mean, it's that's right. what's been said, right? And Robin flat out told her, what we had is real. Right. My feelings for you were and are real, but I'm married 
to Marion and I made a vow. And so I got to honor that code. He didn't say he loved Marion. Right. Right. He loved her once, but he didn't say he was still in love with her. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think he's more in love with Regina, but he's being doing the honorable thing. So I think that at some point in time, Regina is going to have to, you know, she's going to Regina is pretty tenacious, like I said. Right. So when she wants something, she's going to make everything happen to make it happen for her. So she's going to move hell on earth to make it happen. Yeah. She's going to find the writer of the book and she's now, going to demand that her happy ending happens. We may have discussed this before, but it's interesting that when all decisions have repercussions, and I've, I've definitely said that before, but Robin's, Robin's right decision to stay with his wife, I mean, that's kind of a popular, people say, you need to stay with your wife. Mm-hmm. You're in love with somebody else, you stay with your wife. That's it. That's the right decision. Mm-hmm. And he made the right decision, and it hurt Regina. Right. But if he would have chose Regina, it would have wrecked his marriage and his family. Right. Because that would have obviously caused hurt and pain with his wife and his child. Unfortunately, Robin is stuck between between Scylla and Charybdis, rock in a hard place. Yeah. So, yeah, not a good situation for him to be in. But again, he had no way of knowing because his wife was dead. There was no question about right. it. She was dead. And I, I do love, you know, that he mentioned the vow, but he also mentioned, you know, to death to his part. And it did, but then it didn't. Right. So it, again, it, it's that whole idea. I don't want to get off on a tangent, but it was just, you know, back to the future. Don't change anything. If you change anything, it's going to have repercussions farther than you could consider because the One. past is the past. You've got to leave that the way it is. And One little action. Right. And where does all of this stem from? Emma breaking the twig and watching yeah. snow fall out of the tree. Right. If Emma had just sat still and had not moved a muscle... Things would have played out exactly the way they did. Mm-hmm. Emma would never have been captured. Marion would have died. Emma and Hook would have managed to somehow get back through Rumpel's help. And that would have been that. Well, and it also... But Emma moved. Right. One little action. And look at all the ripple effects it had. Mm-hmm. And it, we don't know how far out it's rippling either, by the way. And I think everyone, to some degree, thinks, if I had it to do all over again... I would have made this choice instead of that choice. And they had the opportunity and she did. She made a different choice and it did have ripple effects. So, all right. So the next burning question is, were Anna and Elsa's parents coming back from seeing Yensid when their ship sank? And did he happen to tell them how their children were in danger? Interesting. Don't know. Wonder uh, if uh, they went to see Rumpel. Because right, Rumpel's the one who lives in Misthaven. We we assume that mm-hmm. Yensid did as well, but again, Rumpel didn't recognize the house or anything in it. Really, at least not that we could tell. I also want to throw this out as well. Is I think could that house have been a trap? We kind of alluded to it. Is it who the, would have set the trap? Yensid. 
For what purpose? Don't know. But I'm just... Trapping Rumble? Right. Maybe it was his final quest, his final trial, like the trial of Hercules. You know, mm-hmm. he, he made the right decision with the dagger, we think. But then the bigger one is if you have something that's different, would you make the same choice, the, the right choice again? So, well, I don't he, know. he he clearly didn't make, I mean, let's face the reality. He took the dagger back right. to open the, the pail. Right. Instead of, you know, producing a key that would have opened it up. And by the way, he didn't actually open it up. All he did was hover the right. dagger when it showed him the hat. He didn't open the box. There's a little lock. Yeah, there's keyhole. a keyhole. Yeah, there's a keyhole on that pail. So, what does that do the same thing, or does that open the box and something else is inside? The pail kind of reminded me of uh, Pandora's box as well, a little bit. Hey, uh, that's my so. That's my point. All right, uh, was the inanimate stone troll? And Storybrooke, Pabby, Grandpabby. Who do we know that has that kind of magic? Hmm. Well, Regina froze that uh, gnome. She did. And brought it into Storybrooke, into her front yard. Mm-hmm. And I did tweet Adam Horowitz. I said, is is the Grandpabby stone figure going to roll over <laughs> and talk to the gnome at uh, Regina's house? They would have a lot to talk about. They probably would. I would imagine that the, the gnome just had tinge, you know, teeth clenched. Hi there. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Uh, so when Marshmallow goes to water the flowers, is the snow left over yellow or white? Uh, I don't know. That's a very good question. I'm going to go with white. There's a, uh, there's a Frank Zappa joke in there somewhere. Somewhere. All right. Uh, That's it for now. Have a great podcast, Brad. Thank you very much, Mr. Brad, for that. I love to hear what you think, even when it's not about me, your lovable little Teddy the Yeti. Leave us a voicemail at 657-333-0626. Let's see what's on your mind this time. We have some very... Interesting input from Mr. Jesse Hutch. First section is going to be about Once Upon a Time. The second is about new projects and things he's working on right now. So he was fantastic enough to send these in. And here we go. Jesse Hutch. This is Jesse Hutch calling, guys. Now, who is Jesse Hutch, you say? Well, I played Peter on ABC's Once Upon a Time. And you are listening to the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. How y'all doing out there? What's going on? What are you guys up to these days? Man, I got to tell you about Once Upon a Time. That was fun, okay? One thing, the costumes were off the hook. I mean, come on. I went in. I did this fitting, and they literally made everything to fit me like a glove. And, uh, oh, man, I had, like, this cool little dagger knife sword thing that I wore. I never got to use it in the show, but I still had it on, so I felt like a man. And then there was another moment where we were filming outside, and it was snowing. And I was walking towards set, and I'm walking down this this mountain, and the wind picks up, and it blew my cape, and it kind of flowed out to the side. And somebody got a picture of it. It's actually out there online somewhere. And anyway, man, I felt like like boss. It was awesome. That was a super fun experience, and working with Megan Ori again was awesome. Her and I have worked together in the past, so it was pretty cool. 
Now, most of you, you're big hardcore fans, so the reality is you've probably seen this episode already, so you already know all about Peter. Yeah, there was all this, all these questions. Is he, oh, is he the wolf? Is he Peter the wolf? What, what's the deal? Turns out my girlfriend was the wolf. Oh, man. I was just trying to be a nice boyfriend. I was just trying to love my girlfriend and, and you know, protect her, and I chained myself to a log, and she ate me, and that's not cool. So, um, needless to say, we broke up after that. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me and Once Upon a Time. So thanks for watching, guys, and I appreciate you, uh, you know, jumping in and uh, having a visit with me. And, uh, yeah, at the beginning, that was a little country music for all you guys. That was Montgomery Gentry. Okay, that's one of my favorite bands. Yes, I love country music and I drive a truck. Deal with it, okay? All right, you guys be good. Talk to you later. What am I currently working on right now, you ask? Well, let me think. Well, right now, I'm actually calling you from my trailer on the set of Cedar Cove. Now, Cedar Cove is Hallmark's first television series that they've ever created. We're in season two. I play a character named Luke Bailey. Now, who is Luke Bailey, you say? Well, let me just say this. He is a man who is very deep. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's got a lot going on. Really cool character, actually. I think, I think you guys are going to really dig him. So if you want to see who Luke Bailey's all about on Cedar Cove, just tune in. It actually will start airing July 19th in the, in the United States and July 20th in Canada. As far as overseas, I really don't know. You'll have to look into that. What else do I have coming out? I have another Hallmark project, actually, believe it or not, a movie. And it's called My Boyfriend's Dogs. Now, that's a comedy. I think it'll be a lot of fun. You guys will laugh. I play... Um, this humorous character who's a bit of a player he loves the ladies but i played it as though he really is is oblivious to the fact that he just just flirts all the time with all these ladies and so yeah that was that was a pretty fun project that let me get away with a lot of improv and making stuff up and just being a goofball so watch for that one and recently actually uh, a couple weeks ago maybe joyride 3 hit the shelves on Blu-ray and DVD. DVD is DVD, for those of you who don't understand my own language. And uh, that's a thriller, thriller horror. And uh, the first one was with Paul Walker and Steve Zahn, uh, created by J.J. Abrams. And so this is the third installment. And it's pretty cool. Uh, it is a bit gory. So, you know, if you can't handle that stuff, then you better watch it with your mom so that she can hold your hand, make you feel better. Uh, that's about it. That sums me up right now. I'm always looking for more work, so if you guys want to work together, give me a call or look me up on Twitter, uh, Jesse underscore Hutch or Instagram or Keek or Vine or whatever else is out there now in the world of media, and uh, let's keep in touch. So you guys be good. Have fun. I'm going to go back to my country music, okay? So we will talk later. Thanks, guys. Now, he was is, that the coolest thing or he's what? He's adorable. I mean, he wait. is just too adorable for words. Jesse, thank you, man. Oh, thank you so yeah. much for that. It was just that's the best. That's very sweet. And he is adorable. I'm sure that's just that's him. That's yeah, just who he is. Yeah. And that's that's pretty cool. So, so please thank Jesse for that. It's mm-hmm. Jesse underscore Hutch on Twitter, mm-hmm. and say you heard it on at O-U-A-T podcast. And please thank him for that. He took time out of his day to do that for us. And I really, really, really appreciate it. And I know you do too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of what we do here is we don't forget 
about these actors because no. they move on and they do other projects and we want to promote and check them out. Sure. So I love that he was do. doing that from set. So you should check out his um, projects. Absolutely. Theater Cove on Hallmark Channel. I actually saw snippets, not the show itself, but I saw commercials and things for that. So I'm going to have to check that out. And then the my boyfriend's dog sounds very funny. Yep. So he, he, I'm not sure I could watch the joyride because I'm, I'm a little little um, bit of a chicken when it comes to scary movies. So I'll have your mom come over and hold your hand. Okay. Well, she sure probably, okay. are you kidding me? She'd be more scared <laughs> than I am. All right. So thank you again to Jesse. We really appreciate it. And please do tweet out and thank him for that. We really would appreciate that. And that's it. That's, that's, that's it. So we will be talking at you tomorrow for first thoughts. And we're going to be not in a boat this time. So it it was kind of funny because the, the cruise we took was paid for by my company and it was a nice cruise. Mm-hmm. And the, the only issue is we had to get together around the same time. It was an East Coast feed of Once Upon a Time, which I've never seen East Coast feed anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we're in the West Coast. And so I was excited. I said, man, at 5 o'clock, we get to see it early. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't do the podcast because I'm on the boat. And if to upload it, it would have taken a, a week. And what it cost us a pretty penny, yeah. too, by the way. So... I said, okay, well, we at least can watch it. And then I found out we had this little event we had to attend at five. And I, oh my gosh. Okay, so what we did was I set up my iPad and I videoed it off the screen mm-hmm. so that we could watch it immediately when we got back. We literally and said. And we got back, I think, two minutes after the show ended. Yeah, just so about that. Yeah. We ran in and stopped it and all this kind of stuff. So yeah. the things you do as a oncer to watch Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it was it was a uh, yeah, it was kind of funny. And then we, we got back in town on Monday, and I had to work the rest of the day, and you know I was trying to okay focus, focus, like focus on work, and then came home and had dinner recorded for thoughts. So anyway, we're gonna have the regular first thoughts tomorrow, yeah. but yeah. Um, it'll be normal. Yeah. So I want to send big love out to everybody. Thank you. However, you found us. And I really, I want to take just a minute and thank all the Disney fans, the Frozen fans that are listening to our podcast for the first time. Welcome. You are welcome here. Mm -hmm. And I want you to know that there is a link on our website that if you're new to Once Upon a Time, it'll give you a spoiler-free look at all the different characters. So if you're not sure who Archie Hopper is and who all these different characters are, go to that link and you can check it out. It is onceuponatimepodcast.com slash O-U-A-T start. That is our Once Upon a Time Beginner's Guide. So you can go there, check it out. It's really well done. Uh, Brad Pogris did the majority of all putting it all together. I thank him so much for that. Mm-hmm. But it's really going to help you get a full idea of what this show is and little tidbits that you might miss. So it's a great little introduction for sure for that. Okay, that's it. Again, big love out to everybody. Please take what you need because we're sending out big love. Take what you need and then pass on the rest to whoever needs it. And sometimes you got to give love to people who don't really deserve it. And that's 
really what life's about. Yeah. So it's true. Just keep passing it on. And until tomorrow, we will talk at you soon. And this is Jeff and Colleen and the Rain Dog Lady saying goodbye. See Bye. you guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is a Rony Zone Media Production. Please contact or connect with us. You may hear your comments on an upcoming episode. We're on Twitter at OUAT Podcast, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OUAT Podcast, or leave a comment at the show notes. Contact us via email at feedback at once upon a time podcast.com or leave a voicemail at 657 333-0626. Until next time, spread a little big love around. Rumpelstiltskin was voiced by Brad Pogress, and Teddy was voiced by me, the voice of Steve. You can check out my podcast, The Voice of Steve Podcast, free on iTunes. Say hi at Facebook.com slash Voice of Steve, or see what I'm doing over on Twitter, at The VOS Show. Check out everything I do, from the podcast to voiceovers. I even have a blog sometimes at thevoiceofsteve.com. Hope to see you around, and thanks again for listening to the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. Podcast.